from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. And I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And we are here with Michelle and Danielle, who are taking your calls right now. If it's Thursday noon Eastern time, we are doing open calls. If you have any career question, you're in a job search now, your friend is in a job search now, you've got a great tip to share. We want to hear from you at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And to help us with our open call Thursday, we are welcoming Hannah Morgan to the show. Hannah Morgan, aka the Career Sherpa, is a job search strategist, well, that's a hard word to say, strategist and social media enthusiast who helps people leverage their social networks to create online visibility and a reputation of excellence. You can find her recent book, Infographic Resumes, as well as many other helpful job search resources on her website, careersherpa.net. Welcome, Hannah. Welcome to Career Talk. Oh, thank you so much. Great to be here with you, Don. Yeah, so um, I have to I have to dive in and talk about the infographic resume for a minute because this has been this has been somewhat of a controversy because it's it's been around for a while and people are waiting for it to overtake the traditional resume and it hasn't done it yet. But yet, so many people are putting these together. So, so tell us a little bit about the book and where people are using infographic resumes. Yeah, and you're so right. I wrote the book a couple of years ago, and I was so ahead of my time in in talking about this. No, because this is what's happening. um, People are looking for new ways to market and promote themselves, right? We want to be creative, and and that is – and people in the marketing design field have been using infographics and visual props to promote themselves for a long time. But this is what's happening right now. People are overwhelmed with information, and it's very hard to read large quantities of text on our phones and all the information that's coming at us all the time. However, when we look at images, when we look at infographics that are in everything that we're looking at today, online content, these images, these quick snippets of pie charts and graphs and bubble graphs, that immediately attracts the attention of the viewer, the reader. They stop, they stop what they're doing, and they're, they're more likely to look at things. But this is what, where um, infogra- infographics are not being used. They're not going to replace the resume. Sorry to say. You still <laughs> right have to now, do that resume. <laughs> right. You still need the text-boring thing that, that everyone obsesses over. We need that resume. But the visual resume, this infographic resume, is an, a really great tool for networking. We know that networking is so important. And what better way to have a different type of conversation than by using a different document and making it a visual resume or an infographic resume? It makes the conversation much more lighthearted, much more um, not necessarily lighthearted, but it takes the focus on this is a job interview and makes it more about the conversation of learning about the other person and having them learn about you. Yeah. Um, it also I, is more memorable. Yeah. And I can see as it's interesting to me because as a recruiter, I can see why people like the traditional resume because you know where the things are. It's a general yep. format. And OK, I can easily skim the dates and this and that. And and efficiency is important because, as we know, people spend maybe eight to 10 seconds before they decide if your resume is in or it's out. So that's one of the difficulties of creating an infographic that is quick to read because you want them to read everything on the page. But the interesting thing to me is we are such a society of visuals. I mean, there's so many stats out there that if you put a visual on your your Twitter or on your social media, you get more reads or more likes or more hits. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously LinkedIn has come out with that media section where you can put photos or small videos because this is kind of the way it's going. So it's so interesting to me that the, that the infographic resume hasn't taken off. But I do think it's the efficiency factor of somebody being able to go through a 100 
100, 200 resumes really quickly. The other thing is, I guess they don't work very well with applicant tracking systems, which are those things that, that look for words and certainly can't handle graphics at this point, correct? Absolutely. absolutely. And that's really, I mean, you're right. Efficiency and the fact that applicant tracking systems aren't equipped to manage or to, to decipher infographic resumes make it a tool, make it the reason why this tool is not going to be used for job application. It, you know, people have talked about maybe having something like an equivalent of like a FAFSA form that you can use to apply for jobs because the online application process is very dry, very sterile. It's just data dumping, right? And, and that's one thing. But being memorable and, and selling yourself is a whole other thing. And that really is happening during the interview, which is another great time when these infographic resumes can be used in conjunction with the regular text resume, bring that infographic resume into an interview, and the conversation will just flow because people are really interested to see and have a discussion on, well, why are you using this and what does this mean? Yeah, I think if you're in a creative field too, I think that could be a bonus. And one of the things, it is difficult to put that type of information together in a creative way. So I think putting together an infographic resume is helpful for the job seeker because it'll prepare you better for the interview, it'll prepare you better for networking because you're you're thinking through the content about yourself and your past and your history in different ways that forces you to, to kind of make connections and maybe you wouldn't have made before. So I do think it's an exercise that is worth doing. And again, as a visual nation, I mean, we, we, we pick up these thick books in the bookstore and we're like, wait, this doesn't have very many pictures. In it. I don't want to read this. <laughs> right. Where are all the pictures? Um, you know, I, that was, uh, you know, we just, I think this is going to continue to be a thing. Um, it's just where's the use going to be in networking is one place. Um, bringing it to the interview is perhaps another place, especially if you're in a creative field. So um, is there is there a place people can go, Hannah, where it helps people who are maybe not technology savvy put together yeah. a, a, you know, a pretty infographic resume if you don't have any kind of design skills? Yeah, and there are new sites coming up, um, popping up all over the place. So, well, in my world, I, I notice them, right? They're probably not as visible to other people. But there are three places um, for sure. And I have them all listed on my website, but I know one of them is a combination of Visually and Kelly, as in Kelly, the Kelly Placement Agencies. Um, they have a way of taking your LinkedIn profile and converting it into an infographic, and they have different styles that you can use. Um, so that's a, if you Google visually and Kelly, you will find that it's visually V I S U A L L Y spelling test. It's it's a hard thing right? to say on the radio. <laughs> I know, it really. Is. I I know I've got a page on my website. If you go to my careersherpa.net, you can absolutely find links to the to all of these sites. Visually itself has another one. There are so there are several, and and so visually and Kelly is one of them. Um, and the other one escapes me, but they'll use your LinkedIn profile to convert that into uh, a visual summary. Which so, means you have to have a pretty good LinkedIn profile. <laughs> so so work well, on your LinkedIn profile. Right. Yeah, if you don't have a very big, good LinkedIn pro profile, that's job one. <laughs> Step one, yeah, then so worry about the infographic <laughs> resume. <Right>. Uh, <laughs> and then you can embed your infographic resume inside your LinkedIn summary, which should always be a nice visual use. Yes, because you're, you're able to put media there now. So, yeah, lots yeah. of good tips from Hannah Morgan, the career Sherpa. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. And we are taking all of your calls related to job search or career. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Or you can tweet at Dr. Don Graham. Hey, if you've ever used an infographic resume um, or if you have a question about it, we would love to hear that. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live. And I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Hannah Morgan talking all things job search. So I have to say, um, one of your articles, Hannah, that I, I found on LinkedIn, really stuck out and I think it's great information for listeners who are perhaps considering a career move or maybe in the middle of a career move. So you talk about seven top ways companies are hiring in 2017 and um, what is the top way employers are hiring right now? People want to know. I know. I, we should make this a quiz, right? Ooh, we should make so. this a quiz. But I, I have a really fun quiz today. For those of you who are, are coffee drinkers, you're going to like this one or not. Um, so what oh, is... I'd like... 
I know about the coffee thing. I'm all about drinking coffee. So anyway, sidetrack. The number one way that companies are filling jobs is through drumroll employee referrals. Yeah. And, yeah. And this is nothing new. It's been going on for years, but the numbers are, are there and they have always been there. So when a company goes to fill a position, they are considering employee referrals and hiring them at a rate of 30% per open, 30% of their new hires from the outside are coming from employee referrals, 30%. 30%. So, okay. And I think this makes a lot of sense because this is why companies instill these programs because there's a couple of key research facts that I think people that are important for people to know. One, employer referrals tend to have longer tenure. Um, employer referrals tend to be a better fit with the company. And there's lots of reasons for this because generally, if I am asking a friend or colleague or somebody to come join the company, I'm thinking, wow, this person is a good fit for these reasons. I'm here. I know what the company wants, what the company likes. And so I'm obviously not going to recommend somebody who might embarrass me and make my career look bad. So they tend to be good fits, right? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Yep. So I have a question about this because this is something I think a lot of people struggle with. So based on that, based on the fact that like I'm I'm very happy to refer people into my company, especially if they have a bonus, and a lot of companies do. They they pay you money for bringing in employees. It's it's a great side business. <laughs> but what happens, Hannah? What happens when somebody asks me for a referral and I don't want to do it because I don't think they would they would reflect well on me. What do I do? How do I what do I say? So there, I guess there are always a couple of different options. One, the first option is to be really brutally honest with the person. Say, I really just don't think that you'd be a good fit here. You're more than welcome to reach out on your own. But that was that was and, honest. It wasn't brutal. If you started with <laughs> "you suck," that would be brutal. But it was honest. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with being, it, it is an uncomfortable thing to say, but there's nothing wrong with telling them that you're not comfortable making an introduction, right? That, okay, that what's is... option two? Because I'm not feeling very comfortable <laughs> with that one. <laughs> yeah, that, I like that one best. Um, the, the other option is, I'm mean, just trying, there are probably thousands of options. Another option is to um, <clears throat> let them, you know, make the referral, but then go through the back door and tell human resources, this person is applying. I can't, uh, you know, personally vouch for them, but they are somebody that I know. Okay, so you're saying I don't know know them, I just know them. Right. So, okay. And here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, you don't necessarily in all cases have to be able to personally vouch for every referral. A referral just means I know this person. It doesn't say how well we know them. So if it is somebody that you don't know well, then just be forthcoming with the the people inside your company and say, you know, I've I've listed this person they're a referral because I know them, but I don't know their work well. Mm-hmm. You're 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 qualifying how you are why they you're you know they're using your name. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, People so this person asked me to pass my your, their resume along, but doesn't that kind of give a like I don't know neutrality in in a in a reference is kind of negative? No. <sighs> I mean, I, it's not, but, but we're, but it's, I don't know. And that's a really good question. I, and I know a lot of people struggle with this, but um, the way I look at it is it's not my job as an individual to screen an individual, to screen a candidate. My job is to make that um, referral onto people inside my company. If they don't like them, that's their choice. I don't want to get in the way of making a decision that could or could may not impact somebody's livelihood. That's not my job. Mm-hmm. My job is to help make the introduction. Whatever happens after I've made the introduction is up to them. It's not up to me to make that decision. So I had somebody, I was at a networking event last night, and I um, I met somebody new, and she was talking about this exact situation, and, and her um, her response to the person was, I need you to write a really strong cover letter to tell me why you're a good fit for this job. So I kind of like that middle ground because it's like, okay, I really want this person to think through why they're a good fit for the job and put it on paper because that could go one of two ways. Either the person can say, wow, I'm actually not a great fit for this job as I think through it. Or maybe there are things that, that the person who's internal to the company didn't know that they now know and they could they could use this information. So I thought that was an interesting tactic. I like that, but but here's the question. And I think what happens when they write a really bad cover letter explaining why they are interested <laughs> in the company? 
Then you have to go with your option one. I'm sorry. I was trying not to say this, but you suck. I can't refer you. <laughs> and you get you get unfriended on LinkedIn, and it's a it's a bad it's a bad situation. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk. We're here with Hannah Morgan, the career shirt, but taking all of your career questions. Eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And if you're just tuning in, you might have missed the top way companies are hiring in 2017. Um, So if you missed it, call us. We'll let you know what it is. But okay, so what about when somebody um, asks for a recommendation and you don't want to recommend them? Because now now HR isn't a part of it, Hannah. It's just like somebody reaches out and says, hey, can you recommend me on, on LinkedIn? Yeah, I (laughs) go back to option one. You suck. (laughs) Doing that, (laughs) default option one, right? Um, You could ghost the person and pretend you never got the message. See, that happens so much. I don't like that. I don't like that option. But I, I, I I admit I've done it. I've done it, and I, I am. I mean, true confessions. We do that a lot on Career Talk, and all the things that I'm so it's like guilty of. I've done that, and I hate it. (laughs) I don't do it a lot, but I have done it. I like ghosting. I think ghosting can be a great... (laughs) They should have, like, Uh, like on you know, on those dating sites, like, and stuff like that, that Match.com, they have, like, you can have the canned response. You know, you could just be like, thank you, but we're not a fit. Maybe they should have that on LinkedIn. But thank you, but you suck, and I'm not going to recommend you. (laughs) Hannah Morgan. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, please. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... I would say, you know, I would give an excuse other than you suck and say, I'm really, I really, I don't know your work well enough to be able to write a recommendation for you. If you'd like me to write a recommendation, you know, if you'd like me to say that I, you know, how I know you and that we have, you know, in what capacity I know you, I'm happy to write about that. But as far as recommending your skills, I, it's not something I'm, I, I can do because I haven't seen your work in, I haven't, wouldn't be able to endorse you in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's that is a very fair response. And and here's the thing: I mean, even if somebody asks you to be a referral, if they're going for a job, if I can't be an excellent referral, I tell them that you know I don't think I'd be the best person because we know in the hiring field that a neutral reference in an employment situation is just as good as a negative reference. I mean, you should be able to find two or three people who are going to sing your praises when you're going for a job. So I think I think it's fair to say, look, I'm not the best person. And if you are the job seeker, I think it's fair to not question that and just move on to somebody because they're doing you a favor. They're basically saying, look, you know, this is not going to help you. So move on to the next person. That's great, Don. I love that. Right. And I hope I hope people are comfortable saying that as well. Yeah, let's let's all be bold. Let's everybody listening. Let's be bold and be honest. And and as somebody who I I respect a lot, always says, you know, hey, feedback is a gift. Wrap it nicely. <laughs> so <laughs> so a pretty pink bow goes a long way. It it does, especially you know, actually, especially if you have like a southern accent. I find that if you and I don't, I have a Jersey accent, unfortunately. <laughs> but sometimes when you say things with a southern accent, no matter what you're saying, it just sounds nice. <laughs> There, there's option option C. Option C. Your friends are gonna get really freaked out when you suddenly slip into some it's some different southern accent. I know. Every time Dawn starts talking with a southern accent, she's really insulting me. Um, oh, there she goes in her southern drawl again. Well, Hannah. <laughs> We really liked having you on the show. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, this is very fun. So 844-WORTH, that's 844-942-7866. Hey, if you'd like more great career advice delivered right to your inbox, dawnoncareers.com is where you can sign up for the free blog. So, okay, so we talked about the number one way companies are hiring. Now, the number two way companies are hiring was really a surprise to me, Hannah. I, I have to say, when I when I first read this, I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding I me? Um, I don't know. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Like, I really felt like I should cross this off your list, but I like how you qualified I want to it. Cross it off my list. I know. We, All we, right. We'll just ignore it. Can we just ignore but is, it? But we can't. Yeah, we can. <laughs> But here's my the two step is what it's all about. Okay, so the let's Silk tell people Ro- what it is. <laughs> yeah. So the, <laughs> the Silk Road 2017 Job Seeker Report, what the hiring report by um, recruiters says, the number two second high, the second most popular way companies fill jobs is through Indeed. Ah. Uh, uh. 
Sorry if you were, so it, it's if you all, you know, it's <laughs> Not as many jobs are filled through Indeed as through employee referrals. So roughly a little over 25% come from Indeed. But See, this is shocking to me. This is shocking. This is like, I but mean. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> it's all in how, it, and somebody else has found fault with this, and so I'm sort of just quoting them, but source of hire is really difficult to prove in today's day and age. So I might tell you that I saw the job on Indeed, but I actually ended up speaking to somebody who worked inside the company, and that's how my resume got in, uh, you know, uh, and how I got the interview. So how do I track that? Do I say that I saw the job on Indeed or that I spoke somebody on Indeed? Or, you know, or, or that I spoke to somebody I knew. <laughs> Can I just tell you, so I was at this networking event last night, and uh, like it, this was kind of a group of, of people who do what we do, you know, career coaches. And so I was talking to this one person who just recently found a new job, and, and she's starting next week. She's really excited. And I said, I, can I just ask you, how did you find it? And she leans over to me and whispers in my ear like she was telling me the most shameful thing. She's like, online. I was like, <laughs> Like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> no, but, no. So that's how she found it. But did she end up knowing somebody in the company? Did she know somebody in the company? So I did press her on this, but here's the difference, and here's here's what I want to point out that I think made the difference. Because I had to press her. I'm like, it's okay, I won't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just told everybody. I, that's true. I mean, I did. <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a liar. It's true confessions. I. A lot of true confessions. Michelle, I think you should you should be confessing something. I shouldn't be the only bad guy here. <laughs> Tell us something. Well, Tell I us. just love that story of her leaning over and whispering that. It's like online dating. We met online. I know. Shh, shh, don't so tell taboo. Anybody. Yeah, let's let's make something up. Like we met at a bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've found jobs online before. Oh my god. I'm sorry, but you know what? I did uh, just use it as the application process, and then I reached out to people I okay. knew. There you so go. So I will I will stand by your referrals. I have found one. jobs online too. It's like okay. Let's all confess. But here's the thing that she did that I think was very different. So she had only applied to five jobs, five jobs total in her job search. And she made sure she was a very good fit for all these. So it's not like she went out papering the Internet with, oh, this looks good. Or I could probably do three things on that list. Or maybe I could, you know, if I really worked hard, I could figure that out. I mean, she applied to five jobs that she knew were a good fit. And she got interviews at three of them and accepted one. So it was it was that process. And I think there's a lot of statistics out there that show that people who apply online often apply to like 80 percent of the jobs they apply to are not a good fit. So I think mm-hmm. that's where the time is wasted. So I, I know there are jobs online. I mean, Google Careers is coming out, well, has come out with this this new platform connecting people. So online, it is not a bad thing. It is a great place to do research. It's a great place to find out who's hiring. It is a great place to actually get a job. But it's you've got to be extremely targeted and focused and, um, as Michelle said, talk to people. Like that's yeah, because yeah, I highly doubt if I just filled out that application randomly that without following up with people that I knew at the company, I probably would have just been lost in the shuffle. Yeah, because they're getting thousands and thousands of that. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, yep. and how many times has this happened? It's happened to me, and not too long ago. I went through the whole application process. I copied and pasted my resume into the application, and then the last two questions were, "Do you have a master's degree?" And when I answered no, I got booted out of the application. You are not a candidate for this job. Yep. Yeah. But Hello, I, applicant tracking system. <laughs> yeah. So if if I didn't talk to somebody inside that company, that nobody was ever going to look at me, and I so I did. I talked to people I knew. It was crazy. Do you guys think there's value? Because um, the reason I did it that way is like to apply first online and then talk to people is because I like. Is there value if someone? Because I feel like a lot of positions you have to apply online, like you have mm-hmm. to go through that system. Um, I like when they ask me, "Well, have you applied?" And I can say yes. Do you feel like there's value in that? Like you feel like the person is doing their due diligence or does it not matter? So I feel like they're going to ask you to apply either way, whether you come in from a referral first or you you find them online because that's the way they track their stats. They track how many people applied and like that's you know the whole point of these systems. So one way or another, you're probably, especially if it's a large company, going to have to fill out that application. So I think, and that's where online jobs, I think, come into it and Google careers and, and everything. So the question is, do you apply for online first or do you have your referral give it to you first what do you think hannah 
So I think you could build a case either way. I like to, to actually talk to the person before recommending applying because there may be things that come up in the course of the conversation with the individual that will allow you to answer questions differently on your application or not lying, but you know, provide additional information or reinforce different pieces of information that you might not have done with otherwise had you not had that conversation. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That's good advice. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think from an employee referral standpoint, um, I think getting the the resume to HR from the employee first gives them a, a bump in the in the process that they will get that employee referral. Sometimes if you apply online, some companies are very strict about that and won't give the employee the referral because like, no, well, Michelle applied online. So I know it depends on how the company structures its employee referral system because sometimes when you apply online, it says, "Do you know somebody who works in this mm-hmm. company?" Yep, good point. Right? So it, it, you really have to sort of know what the application, to, what the referral process works, how that works. And I think you can only find that out if you speak to somebody in the company. Mm-hmm. Hey, lots of good advice with Hannah Morgan, the career Sherpa. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We are taking your calls all hour at eight four four Wharton eight four four nine four. Four two seven eight six six. Hey, we are talking about the top seven ways companies are hiring in 2017. And when we come back, Hannah, I want to talk a little bit about the um, the other article that you were quoted in, which are six ways to make your next job come to you. I mean, so forget these applications, forget these <laughs> referrals. How can we make these jobs line up for us? Now, who wouldn't want that? Hey, taking your calls if it's Thursday noon <laughs> Eastern time, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Hey, do you have a tip or a question? You are on the right channel. We are taking your calls now, but we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay. I promised it was about coffee, so here it is. So if you're watching the news today, you know that that coffee lovers should be rejoicing because two new studies have found that coffee drinkers have a reduced risk of dying from things like like strokes and heart disease and cancer. In fact, 18% less chance. However, um, (laughs) what you may not know is that your daily Java also contains 373 of these. So about 83% of adults drink coffee in the U.S. And what you may not know is that with your daily Java, you're also ingesting 373 of these. If you think you know, give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to Career Talk. We're on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Hannah Morgan, a.k.a. the Career Sherpa. You can find more great information from Hannah on her website, careersherpa.net. So, Hannah, we are talking all about the top seven ways companies are hiring and also (laughs) six ways to make your next job come to you, which I think everybody would love. So we're going to get to those in just a moment. But first, we are going to go to Eric in California. Eric, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, the time. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I graduated uh, college and immediately went into the workforce. I thought I wanted to be in the sports uh, entertainment uh, meeting and business. I've spent 10 years doing that. I uh, have a great reputation. The company knows that uh, I'm actively looking, and they support me in that because this is not what I want to do long term. Um, and so my question really is, you've been talking about, you know, you know what you want to do. The She had five companies she applied to, three uh, interviewed her, and she accepted one. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm finding when it comes to wanting to change career fields. So what kind of advice or suggestions do you have if I've got good track record, history, et cetera, but it's not going to be doing the same job? 
Yes, career switcher is my favorite topic, my specialty, um, and one that I'll have a book coming out on soon, so stay tuned for that. But career switching, it's so interesting how we've gone from a, you know a society where we've we've started and ended in the same company to one where people are literally switching careers not even jobs careers like every four years um, the challenge is in my opinion that the the hiring process has not caught up with this switcher mentality hence Hannah what you were talking about before which is these applicant tracking systems weed people out because they're not an exact match when in fact mm-hmm. there's a lot of transferable skills that can weave into the next job. Now, Eric, one of the things that probably will not work for you is applying online, especially if you're making a double switch or a functional switch where you're doing something very different because those companies are going to be looking for keywords to, you know, they get hundreds and hundreds of resumes. And if you're a switcher, your resume, unfortunately, by default, is probably going to be weeded out because it doesn't have enough of a match to what they're looking for. That doesn't mean that the first strategy in the top seven ways companies are hiring in 2017 won't work for you. And I think that would be a better way to go. So, Hannah, talk to Eric about how referrals can help him in his career switch. Yeah. So you can find people, Eric, who work inside these target companies, those whatever companies that you know you want to work for, and you can have conversations with them. And and someone described the way to network and then having a conversation is asking for AIR. So if you keep that acronym AIR in mind, you're asking for advice, information, or recommendations. So as you approach people who work inside those companies, whether or not they have an opening today or not is irrelevant. You can have a conversation with them to get the air that you need, advice, information, or recommendation about what it's like to work there, what skills they value most, what advice they might give you if you are interested in working for the company. The more comfortable and safe and and, uh, confident they feel in you and your abilities, the greater your chances are for them remembering you and keeping you in mind and even referring you on if there's a job that hasn't been put on the formal radar yet. Mm -hmm. So starting with your friends who are working in the companies, they don't have to be working in the the department or the job that you want, but working in the companies who could say, man, Eric's got a great track record. He's a fast learner. He's done all of these awesome things. You really need to talk to him. That can overcome a lot. And I'll say in my career, I have hired a lot of switchers who have been highly recommended because here's the thing. You can learn how to use a computer system. You can learn how to do the process the way the, the, the new company does it. But what you can't teach people is having a good attitude, having a good work ethic, being somebody who's positive to be around, being collaborative. And if you have somebody inside a company who's vouching for you for all those things, it's like, hey, well, we can, you know, Eric's got a good track record. He's produced a lot of great results in this function. Chances are, unless you need some kind of special certification or degree, that you can use those skills to transfer. So I love the employee referral um, option. The other thing that for people who are looking to make a functional switch, and Eric, I don't know if this is an option for you, but it's easier to do that within a company where you've built a great reputation. So if you are in in marketing and you've done great things and they want to retain you as an employee, but you really want to be in recruiting or HR and you've never done that type of work, chances are to retain you, that company will make some concessions and say, okay, you know, we, we will maybe train you a little bit more than we would an outside hire because we know that you show up. We know that you're a good performer. We know that people like you. You know how to get things done within the company, which is a very important thing. So that's another option for people who are switching careers. But what I would say, Eric, is you are 100% correct that the applying online thing is probably one of the the worst strategies you can use as a switcher simply because with the technology today, it's just going to weed you out as a candidate. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk, Eric. We really love talking with you. And hey, if you have a question for Hannah Morgan, the career Sherpa, give us a call at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Dennis in Utah. Dennis, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Well, um, I am kind of similar. Uh, I'm 61 years old. Uh, I did radio and television for most of my career, that and sales management. Um, I worked in big markets, D.C., Baltimore, Denver. I have an Emmy from doing work in in D.C. But a lot of the skills that I have don't immediately show up to, to uh, 
transfer into something else. I've done real estate for the last several years, but the last year and a half I had to take off due to illness. I lost a leg and then I uh, lost a couple of toes due to some um, bad health care at the VA in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So now I want to get back to work. I don't want to be on disability and I have a lot to offer, but uh, I don't know how to show what I have to offer in a way that would get me a job. And here's the catch. I don't have any, you know, I, I'm new to my area, fairly new. I need to stay here for medical care. And I don't really know anybody except for doctors and nurses. Okay. Um, so first off, thank you so much for your service. That I mean, that is huge, and we really salute you for that. And it sounds like this has not been the best um, a few years for you, but here's the, here's the deal. You are going to be great, and I'll tell you why. A couple of things. One, your military background is going to open a lot of doors, a lot of doors, Dennis. So you are going to – that is something that I would – for anybody who's in the military or transitioning or has that background, I think that is one of the things that you're going to want to make sure is highlighted on your resume. Um Two, you said you moved to a new area and you don't know a lot of people. This is this is something we hear a lot on Career Talk, and one of the the ways that uh, the seven ways of hiring LinkedIn and social media. And I know people are tired of hearing that, but one of the things about the social media world that has made networking much easier is that it's made the world much smaller, which means that. If you are in a certain area which may be more rural or maybe doesn't have as many connections, chances are that there are jobs happening that you can do remotely. There are things happening. The the gig economy is another thing that's growing. So doing multiple jobs or portfolio careers, doing multiple things. You don't have to even go the traditional path anymore. So I think first and foremost, Dennis, one of the things you want to do is start thinking outside the box. So thinking instead of looking online for a job or applying to one job, or there are a couple of jobs that you can do um, or things you could put together in a portfolio. You mentioned you know a lot of doctors. Uh, Do you have any interest in working? in some capacity in the medical field, whether it's as a, you know, somebody who cares for individuals who are in your situation, maybe it's something about coaching or something about helping people to transition from the military to civilian jobs. I mean, I think there are a lot of things that people are creating that don't necessarily exist online. And I think sometimes when people go on Indeed and Google careers and these things, they, they feel boxed in by what is available in an actual nine to five job in their location. And that is such a small part of what exists in the world in terms of making money. Hannah, what, what advice do you have for Dennis? But I think that Dennis, um, you also have a very strong network of people across the country, across the world who know you and know you well. And I want you to use them to help and keep you inspired, keep you motivated and give you ideas on what they think you'd be good at doing. Um, your military, your ex-military or your military friends and family really are a great source of support. And they know people across the country and probably even where you are now or know people who know people there. So don't be afraid to lean on them because that's a great source of help and support and, and will help you get somewhere as well. Yeah, and Dennis, I'm not sure if you um, listened. We a couple probably about two months ago, we had a show on um, specifically dedicated to military members, and there was a ton of great resources on that. And we, you know, we can certainly tweet that out, and just so you kind of have access to that show. But there were, I mean, I was shocked about how many resources there are. But in today's in today's day and age, a lot of even large corporations have these these subsections of of military recruiters who are looking for people with your background. And I have no doubt that your transferable skills are vast and broad. But I like Hannah's mm-hmm. suggestion is sometimes you have to. Talk Talk to people who see you differently to say, what, you know, what am I good at? What what are my strengths? What are the things that you can see me doing? And and have an open mind because sometimes people will say things to you and you'll be like, what are you talking about? I have, you know, we just had something a couple of weeks ago about um, somebody who, who was working on a cruise ship and, you know, and that, you know, that was the suggestion that never would have crossed my mind to to have that type of career. But I mean, it's like there's so many things out there that we're just not aware of. And um, we live in a, in a small world and we start to create these beliefs because we, we only are seeing what we see. But that's one of the reasons you got to get out online if it if it makes sense um, on the phone, if you can. 
Talk to people and say, you know, what are your ideas? What do you see? Get your LinkedIn profile out there. Send it to people and say, you know, look at my LinkedIn. Does this reflect who you know of me? Would you add anything? Because the more you conversations you have, I say it all the time, clarity through action. Every day, mm-hmm. do something new. Talk to a new person. Sign up for a new website. Sign up for somebody's blog. Um, write a blog. Do something that challenges you every single day. And it doesn't matter if you're not sure what direction you're going in. Every action will create a reaction that will create something in your future that you can't even see right now. And so I encourage you to do that. Right, First thing in the morning, it doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to um, be even outside of your house. Every day, do something different. Watch a different news channel. Eat something different for breakfast. I know some of this sounds trivial, but I'm telling you, when you start to get into that mindset of, I'm going to do something different every day, amazing things start to happen and I I just have no doubt that you're going to find more opportunities than, than you know what to do at Dennis. So thank you so much for calling Career Talk. Thank you for your service. You are a true inspiration and we look forward to hearing the good news. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. We're here at Thursday noon live. So we're here at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. David in Canada, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Yes. Perfect. So um, I've been in the food industry, working in the food industry for the last 10 years. I'm a, a certified public accountant. And basically what I've been doing is restructuring companies. Uh, I've really uh, learned the industry and I've seen that industry change. And especially recently when I heard uh, Amazon purchasing um, whole Foods. So the, the game is changing because now everybody can just order um, their groceries from Amazon, from restaurant, um, hospital, and everything. So I've been thinking about, is it uh, the time to switch industry? Uh, I've been looking and, and how someone who built, someone like me who built their career based on knowing the industry perfectly. Um, and, and, and more you go up the ladder, mm-hmm. they, they're hoping that you know the industry and that makes you special so how can you do a switch and a different industry type when this is how you built your 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 your, your success mm-hmm. yep so david you bring up a really good point um and this is again where i feel like hannah the 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 hiring industry hasn't caught up with what's going on so that mm-hmm. you know when you know your industry really well it's like the industry is it's like a, a river it's constantly changing so i mean it's even hard to know any industry really well anymore because the second you feel like you know it really well, it's changed. So, you know, companies are saying, well, you have to have this really in-depth, in, you know, knowledge. But, like, let's take technology. Maybe you do have an in-depth knowledge from, from five years ago, and that knowledge is very different now. So how can people, Hannah, who are in, you know, very in-depth, know their industry, make a case to take their skills and switch to a different industry when when companies are still having that bias that you you can't possibly do a good job if you don't know our industry. I think we can prove the companies wrong by learning what we can about that new industry that we're now interested in. So uh, by doing a lot of reading, by attending meetups, by joining professional associations, <clears throat> by taking courses or online classes, by taking the extra steps independently to learn everything that we possibly can about that new industry, we we can counter uh, whatever, counter the uh, uh, fact that we don't know about the industry. We're learning about it now. So what else do I need to know? Yeah, there's definitely a bias. And I would say, David, a couple of things on your side. One, we have the internet now, which has, I mean, more information than you could possibly imagine out there probably too much information but I mean I would register for blogs I would join conferences I would join meetups groups I would I would actually start writing blogs on your own you may think you know well I you know whatever that new industry is I don't know it very well but you know what hey you're out there reading the same things other people are put your opinions out there put your ideas on there become somebody who is learning and knowing about that industry. I would say the other thing you want to do, um, here's the the interesting thing. So you're right, Amazon um, bought Whole Foods, and those are two very different industries if you think about it. You know, so Amazon, obviously technology company, but huge in supply chain, and now now they're they're doing planes and, you know, delivering things. And I mean, now they have the whole aero technology company side of this. So, I mean, Amazon as, a, as an industry is like 10 industries under one umbrella. So think about 
a peripheral industry. You know the food industry really well. What's a peripheral industry? Well, maybe somehow you transition this into Amazon, which, yes, is a very different industry, but they're merging now. Maybe you look at hospitality. Maybe you look at hotels. Maybe you look at other industries where your food industry knowledge is critical. Maybe you've worked in supply chain in the food industry and supply chain you can take to so many different places. So I think what you want to do is find a sliver of that food industry and say, where's the supply? Maybe it's hotels. Maybe it's maybe it's Disneyland. I mean, who doesn't want to work at Disneyland? Like there are a lot of places <laughs> if you think about entertainment and that that have food. I mean, food is central, especially um, I know you're in Canada, but um, it's very central in America. I'm sure it's pretty central in Canada too. But it is, it is something that's everywhere. It's in catering. It's in event planning. So, I mean, I'm thinking your industry knowledge is going to apply in so many places <laughs> where maybe you haven't even thought of yet. So um, start there. Say, what's the peripherals and how can I step, you know, maybe a little to the left and get into that industry. But you go, David. I'm excited for you. Hey, and if you end up in Disney World, let me know. We'd love to, we'd love to come <laughs> down and visit. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM <laughs> Channel 111. Hey, let's answer this pre-break quiz because the the time is clicking by. Hey, about 83% of adults drink coffee in the U.S. What you may not know is that with your daily Java, you're also ingesting 373 of these, Michelle. Uh, I'm going to guess because it has to be a a scary-ish thing. It's bad. I'm going to guess microorganisms slash bacterium. Um, No. Ugh. I mean, sort of, but Danielle. <laughs> Darn it. I was going to go with something. Just go with it. Uh, I Just don't know. Do I was going to say caffeine or something I'm or like sodium. Yeah. It's, you know, it's going to be worse than that. Cause, yeah. Because it's, it's the pre-read quiz. Yeah, Can you say it in a Southern accent at least? Yeah, I'm going to say it in a Southern <laughs> accent so it sounds really nice. So you are also ingesting about 373 bug fragments. <laughs> So that's good. Is that true fragments? with like potato chips too, so like I, seasoning? I, so I'm glad you asked, Danielle, because I, I had to look at this. Yeah. So if you drink coffee, 136,000 bug fragments are allowable by the FDA. So here's the, the deal. They don't a little make protein. Yeah. They don't make your <laughs> coffee taste bad. And some, some countries are delicacy now. So, I mean, get a little protein with your, with your coffee. But I had to look into this further because not only that, but there are some foods that we eat that contain they let uh, FDA allows full bugs and not bug fragments like I full heard bugs. that about fig newtons is that correct so fi- okay it doesn't get Whoa. that specific uh, like, it doesn't, blown it right doesn't, now it doesn't get into brand names <laughs> not that anybody eats them. I don't, yeah I don't I don't enjoy I, them I can't specifically talk to, to fig newtons but if you like your frozen berries or frozen broccoli or frozen oh, brussels sprouts man you are ingesting a lot of bugs I'm just saying that this is horrible news <laughs> Ooh, sometimes when I Cider is made out of apples that fall on the ground, so you know those are worm-filled, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yum. Yeah. <laughs> is it only ground coffee, though, because you can't see the bugs? Oh, that's a good question. If you're grinding your own beans, yeah, yeah. are you safe then? I, I don't know. Because I don't I, know. Bugs can get in those beans, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Inside. I'm still going to drink coffee because, you know, you reduce stroke and cancer and lots of things. But I just thought people should know. I mean, okay, peanut butter. And everybody knows I don't like peanut butter. But 408, 408 bug fragments a year in your peanut butter. Mm. So a little extra protein, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. You yeah. know, it hasn't bothered me up until now. Like, what's nothing's going to change for me. Yeah, I'm still going to consume it. I, so am I. So am I. But I just, you know, I thought you should know. As long as I'm not like actually crunching into something, I'm okay. <laughs> I might think about that the next time I eat crunchy peanut butter. But I, other than that, <laughs> just stay away from peanut butter. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Career Talk. 844 Wharton, that's 844-942-7866. Hey, so just to wrap up really quickly, some of the other great ways to find jobs in 2017 are your current employer. So, hey, why not look for another job within your company, especially if you work for a large company? Again, we were just talking about this, Hannah, how making a functional move, that's a great way to do it. Obviously, LinkedIn is on the list and company website because here's the thing. It's free for a company to post a job on their website. It costs them money to post it in other places. So 
go to their company website. And we're going to go to Anthony in New Hampshire. Anthony, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, how are you doing today? Great. So I'm a 49-year-old with an MBA, master's degree in engineering. I've held vice president, senior vice president roles in a few public companies in semiconductor and aerospace industries. Uh, but I'm looking to move to the C-level or higher. But it seems like those positions are not advertised the way that other positions uh, may be. What's the best way to gain visibility into those positions and, and gain access you are correct. Those positions um, are not advertised. And think about it this way. A lot of companies at the C-suite, I mean, they make some decisions before they tell. You know, if they're going to let the CFO go at the end of the quarter, they're probably not going to be advertising for that position. So I think, Anthony, two things. And the first one is really staying up to date on industry news, watching what's happening, watching who's merging, watching, you know, what companies are, are being taken over, acquired, watching what, um, you know, things are happening in business. If companies companies are going global, if companies are, are expanding their product line, if companies are, are getting new technology, because usually when these things are happening, as you know, this is when a lot of changes start to happen at the C-suite level. So I think a big part of this is paying attention. The second thing is getting connected. I mean, you need to be on the short list for when these things happen. People need to know who you are, what value you bring to the company, um, Obviously, you want to be as targeted as possible in the industries that you know, but you need to be there. These changes happen. I mean, it's interesting. I was just reading. I was on a plane last week, and I was just reading about the average tenure for the C-suite, and it is it is short. I mean, CMOs are the shortest, but I mean, in general, these positions turn over quite frequently. So I think that's that's good news for you who's looking, but I mean, you need to be on the short list. You need to be talking to the people who are making these decisions and involved with that. And then this is something I don't recommend for for a lot of job seekers, but certainly at your level, you need to be connected to at least one or two great headhunters because this is how companies fill these positions. They need to know who you are. They need to know where you where they can find you. So those are some of the things that I um, I think you need to be out there being active. You're never going to find these types of jobs on a job board, unfortunately. So, hey, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Uh, Hannah, the time has just flown by, and I really feel the need to give people a couple of ways to make the next job come to you so I am going to do that as we as we wrap up so here you go <laughs> and this is a great article um, that can they find this on your LinkedIn Hannah I mean tap into your friends uh, yeah yeah um, it, it'll be on my LinkedIn so look at my LinkedIn blog post it's not there now but it will be so it's all about friends right and what about Facebook I think Facebook is and I've seen so many people get leads through Facebook. Don't be afraid to use your Facebook page as a portfolio and reach out to people. Let your friends and family that know you on Facebook know that you're looking for a job. Mm -hmm. So that there's a great opportunity there. I think get out of the house. Yeah, get out of the house. Yeah. Go to these events, go to networking, go to go to picnics, go to these places where people can see you, people can be reminded of you. Um, look for a stretch assignment in your company. Sometimes just asking. I mean, people are designing their own jobs nowadays. People just need to um, get out there and ask, say, Hey, I'd really like to learn how to do this. I'd really like to do this. Serve on a panel, do a blog, get a guest spot. I mean, I know these things are not easy, but here's the thing you are the controller of your career, you design your life. So get out there and make it happen. Happen. If do one thing differently every day, your life will change. Hannah Morgan, we've enjoyed having you on the show. If you'd like more information on Hannah, you can go to careersherpa.net. If you'd like to follow the blog, dawnoncareers.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Dawn Graham. Hey, Michelle and Danielle, as always, it's so fun having you here for the show. And thank you to all of our callers and listeners. You guys make this week so much fun. You have been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. We are powered by the Wharton School, and we'll see you next time.